Welcome, everybody, to our 49th episode, and today we are covering NASA's SpaceX commercial resupply services to the International Space Station. We are covering it live from the Kennedy Space Center in Florida, and coverage from NASA starts at about 2 p.m., and uh, in a few minutes here, we are going to switch over to our NASA live feed where we can watch the launch of SpaceX Dragon uh, Falcon 9 uh, spacecraft that will serve as a resupply mission for the International Space Station. As most of you know, SpaceX is the primary contractor when it comes to providing resupply missions to the space station where they send up cargo that includes food, scientific supplies. Uh, they also haul trash back uh, on occasion. So uh, basically, uh, SpaceX has been providing these services uh, for quite a while. As most of you all know, the United States for about 10 years paid the Russians, oh God, millions of dollars to do the same work. So now this is all being done by SpaceX and uh, American spacecraft. So we're going to go ahead and flip over to the virtual theater. I thank everybody for joining us today. Uh, it's an exciting day today as we see a Falcon 9 takeoff to resupply the uh, International Space Station. So I'm going to go ahead and flip onto our virtual theater, which we have our NASA feed uh, connected. And as you see right there, uh, live coverage starts at 2 p.m. Eastern, which is 1 p.m. Central right now. So um, it'll be exciting to watch this. Uh, it was kind of interesting this morning. I didn't think I was going to be able to do the show. Um, I actually ran out of storage on one of my streaming uh, workstations. So I've been busy this morning transferring uh, all this video that I've taken over an entire year ever since episode one. Um, I had started moving the video footage over to another workstation uh, just to have as a backup, but uh, since then I hadn't transferred any more video and this morning as I was doing some updates to uh, Spotify um, the software that I use said nope 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 can't do it anymore you don't have enough storage space so so luckily I am right now transferring video as I am actually streaming the show <laughs> so it's got Eh, about seven gigs more of video to go. I started off at 90 gigs in total. So uh, uh, right now it looks like uh, it's got about seven gigs left to go. And then we'll make up some space along the way. But uh, yeah, it's a whole year's worth of video. <laughs> but yeah, so SpaceX basically is launching from Launchpad 39A. Launchpad 39A is a historic launch pad. It is one of the launch pads that was used by NASA, not only in the Apollo era to send men to the moon, 
but also was used extensively during the shuttle era in the 1980s and 90s. So Launchpad 39A along with Launchpad 39B have a, a historical significance when it comes to manned space flight. And so as it currently stands, 39A is leased by SpaceX. So they have exclusive rights to use it. Uh, Launchpad 39B is exclusive to NASA. And as you know, they recently used 39B to launch the uh, Artemis rocket um, along with the Orion capsule. So as we see on the screen now, we've got a view of Launchpad 39A. <music> I'm going to go ahead and turn on the audio for a second. Resupply Services 26. You are looking live at Launch Complex 39A and at Kennedy Space Center. 20 we are about 20 minutes away from liftoff of this Falcon 9 rocket for the 26th Commercial Resupply Services mission from both NASA and SpaceX to the International Space Station. Good afternoon and welcome to live coverage of CRS 26. I'm Jasmine Hopkins with NASA Communications. Fueling of the Falcon 9 began about 20 minutes ago, and we are counting down to an instantaneous launch at 2.20 p.m. Eastern Time. Tuesday's launch attempt was scrubbed due to weather, but fortunately, it's looking much sunnier on the Space Coast today. This mission will deliver more than 7,700 pounds of food, supplies, and science to the space station. This includes a new pair of roll-out solar arrays to power the orbiting laboratory and tomato plant seeds for the continuous fresh food production system. These resupply missions help NASA and our partners continue research that could better our life right here on Earth and help us explore deep space. That being said, let's go now to SpaceX headquarters in Hawthorne, California, where Jesse Anderson is standing by to tell us about the rocket fueling today's mission. Jesse, how are things looking? Great, thanks Jasmine. Hi everyone, my name is Jesse Anderson. I'm a production engineering manager here at SpaceX. It's great to be covering today's mission in partnership with NASA. The rocket that you're looking at on your screen is brand new. The Falcon 9 and Dragon spacecraft will be flying for the first time on today's mission. So far this year, we've launched four Dragon missions, Crew 4, Crew 5, Axiom 1, and CRS-25. Today's launch marks SpaceX's fifth Dragon launch of 2022 and our final Dragon mission this year. Now, looking at the rocket on your screen, above the Falcon 9 is the Dragon spacecraft sitting at the very top. Now, as I mentioned previously, the Dragon that you're seeing on your screen will be embarking on its first flight and will be joining the Crew-5 spacecraft already docked at station. Moving down the vehicle, we have our reusable two-stage rocket. Falcon 9 is actually two rockets in one. The lower part, which is also the largest part of the rocket, is called the first stage. The smaller stage above the first stage and the black inner stage is called the second stage. 
Not only does SpaceX's second stage look similar to the first stage, it also has the same diameter, uses the same metal in the tanks, same computers, same propellant, and nearly the same engine. This allows us to use similar tooling, design, and systems to essentially build two rockets that are more reliable. Now, above the first stage and black interstage is our second stage. The stages will separate about two and a half minutes into flight, and then the second stage will ignite its MVAC engine, which is the 10th engine on the rocket, to carry Dragon to its desired orbit. Now, moving down the rocket, the bottom of the first stage has nine Merlin 1D engines, hence the name Falcon 9. These engines accelerate the vehicle through the Earth's atmosphere and into various orbits in space. And we will be attempting to recover the first stage on our drone ship named Just Read the Instructions today. And there you can see it on your screen, currently positioned off the coast of Florida in the Atlantic the Ocean. But right for now, there, let's turn it back over to you, Jasmine. Thanks so much, Jesse. In addition to SpaceX in California, NASA teams both here in Florida and Texas are monitoring today's launch as well. You'll hear from Sandra Jones inside Mission Control Houston. But first, let's check in with NASA's Megan Cruz, who's monitoring the launch team here at Kennedy. Megan? Thank you, Jasmine, and welcome everyone into Hangar AE at nearby Cape Canaveral Space Force Station. Uh, this is where the Space Force monitors things like the range for us, making sure it's safe to fly where we intend to fly, but also the weather, which, as you said, Jasmine, is looking much better today than it was on Tuesday. When we tried to launch on Tuesday, we were 30% go because of things like rain and clouds. Today, we are 80% go. Launch Weather Officer Alina Moses is currently tracking some storms to the east of us, but expects them to remain well offshore today. Now, right now, fueling of the Falcon 9 rocket is underway. It started about 20 minutes ago at T-minus 35 minutes. RP-1, or rocket-grade kerosene, is being loaded into the first stage. Liquid oxygen is also loading into the first stage and should begin on the second stage momentarily. The white clouds you see that are coming off of the rocket, uh, that is because uh, SpaceX is venting off some of that liquid oxygen to maintain the right pressure in the tanks, and those clouds form when the LOX uh, makes contact with the humid Florida air. Now, we have an instantaneous launch opportunity at 2.20 and 43 seconds Eastern time if we want to dock with the International Space Station to, uh, tomorrow morning. For more on that, let's head over to Sandra Jones uh, in Houston. Good afternoon. I'm NASA's Sandra Jones here inside the International Space Station Flight Control Room at the Johnson Space Center in Houston, Texas. Mission Control Houston is the nerve center for space station operations, and our flight control team is on console as they are 24 hours a day and are ready to support today's cargo launch. Leading the team in mission control during today's launch and during this Orbit 2 flight shift is NASA Flight Director Adi Bulu. The ultimate destination for today's Cargo Dragon launch is of course the International Space Station, where right now the seven-person Expedition 68 crew continues to live and work. That crew includes NASA astronauts Frank Rubio, Nicole Mann, and Josh Cassida, as well as JAXA or Japan Aerospace Exploration Agency astronaut Koichi Wakata and three Russian cosmonauts, Sergei Prok. Prokepiev, Dmitry Patelin, and Anna Kikina. When Dragon arrives to the space station on Sunday, it will dock to the zenith or space-facing port of the Harmony module, and NASA astronauts Josh Cassida and Nicole Mann will be on tap to monitor the approach and docking. Dragon will spend about 45 days attached to the International Space Station before it undocks and returns to Earth with critical research and return cargo and splashes down off the coast of Florida. But for now, everything continues 
continuing to look good on the station side for today's launch. So we'll toss it back over to you, Jasmine. Thank you, Sandra and Megan, for those updates. We are now about 13 minutes and counting from liftoff of CRS-26. So let's get a closer look at some of the science flying on this mission. VEG-05 experiment on CRS-26 could help feed astronauts as they explore deep space in the future. In this experiment, small tomato plant seeds are grown in two veggie chambers with different LED light conditions for 104 days. Then they are analyzed for how many tomatoes they grow and their nutritional composition. Station crew members will rate their flavor, texture, and juiciness. This resupply mission will also increase the power on station with two new roll-out solar arrays. These are also called iROSAs. After being installed on upcoming spacewalks, the arrays will roll out using stored kinetic energy, almost like a yoga mat. The iROSA is a new design that uses one piece of flexible material that snaps open in space. We are now at T-minus 11 minutes and counting from liftoff of the 26 commercial resupply services mission from both NASA and SpaceX to the International Space Station. So let's bring back Jesse now to tell us more about today's launch and Dragon. Jesse? Thanks, Jasmine. As we near the end of the year, today's mission marks SpaceX's 192nd overall launch and the fifth flight of Dragon to the International Space Station this year following the launches of Crew-4, Crew-5, Axiom-1, and CRS-25. To give a bit of history, Dragon has been flying for 12 years. Dragon made its debut at the orbiting lab in 2012 as the first private spacecraft in history to visit the International Space Station. Now, since then, it's made 32 trips to and from the orbiting lab, and today, Dragon is one of the few vehicles that can deliver significant cargo to the space station and the only vehicle that can deliver cargo from it. Falcon 9 and Dragon were both designed with reflight in mind, and the vehicle hardware is built to support multiple missions with minimal refurbishment. 
Now, to date, 16 of our missions have flown on flight-proven dragons. While today's launch marks the first flight for this particular Dragon and Falcon 9, we do plan to recover and fly both the vehicle and spacecraft again in the future. Now, so far, we've reflown first stages 127 times, and that includes Falcon 9 and Falcon Heavy flights, and are planning to recover this one on our drone ship. Just read the instructions today. Now, if successful, it will mark the 153rd recovery of an orbital class rocket. Now, we're at T-minus nine minutes until liftoff with the range and weather tracking green for an on-time launch. So we'll turn it back over to you, Jasmine. Thank you, Jesse. There are also several international partners contributing to the science and research on today's mission. Earlier this week, I had the honor of speaking with Carlos Moura, president of the Brazilian Space Agency, about today's launch. Let's take a look at what he had to say. There are several international partners flying as part of the CRS-26 mission. I'm so glad now to be joined by Carlos Mara, president of the Brazilian Space Agency. So glad to have you here. Thank you, Jasmine. We are open to discuss a lot of good opportunities with NASA and the United States. Right, and one of those great opportunities is the Sport CubeSat. The Brazilian Space Agency partnered with Marshall Space Flight Center to create that. Tell me more about it. It will investigate a phenomenon that occurs in the South Atlantic, around Brazil, and affects uh, uh, communication, GPS signals. So it's important not only for Brazil, but for everybody that passes in that region. Right, and I'm glad that you mentioned that it's not just one region, it's several regions. You know, we're not just looking at one place, but we're really helping each other out. Why is international collaboration so important? Well, space is an open domain, we can share opportunities, we can uh, advance in the science, we can share the risks, so that opportunity with NASA open a new domain for us, not only with the nanosats, but with all, all other missions, scientific and technological missions also. We have a good future ahead. Oh, absolutely, a very bright future. You're also helping with the Artemis missions. Can you tell me how the Brazilian Space Agency is involved in those? We're involved in a lot of nanosatellites, some of them are are academic. We will have in February a first private satellite in Brazil. It's also a nanosat. We are opening in December the Alcantara spaceport for private operations. So the new space is booming in Brazil. Absolutely. It very much is booming in Brazil. Any thanks that you want to give to your teammates that have worked on these things? Well, we, we did that first satellite with NASA, we open opportunities for science, for technology, for business, and we hope we can do a lot of good things concerning space around the Earth and also in the Artemis. We have a mission already planning in advancing for the Artemis program. That is fantastic. A lot of great things happening in Brazil right now. Carlos, thank you so much for joining us. Our pleasure. Go to space. Absolutely, go to space. <laughs> All right, now we are just about six minutes into liftoff of CRS-26. So let's bring back Megan here on Florida's Space Coast and Jesse live at SpaceX headquarters in Hawthorne, California to walk us through the final moments of countdown and liftoff. Take it away. Great. Thanks, Jasmine. It's T-minus six minutes and 20 seconds, and the SpaceX team is working no significant issues. Weather is 80% go for T0, and the range is ready to support. Now, as far as the vehicle, at this point, RP1 fuel is completely loaded on the second stage and nearly complete on first stage. Liquid oxygen loading is underway on both stages and will complete at T-minus two minutes to launch. Now, we're also loading helium gas into both stages. Falcon 9 uses helium as a pressurant to backfill the propellant tanks as liquid oxygen and RP-1 are consumed by the Merlin engines during ascent. Helium load 
began before the broadcast went live and will continue to top off until a minute and a half before launch. And to make sure engine startup goes well, SpaceX also performs what it calls engine chill. This happened at T-minus seven minutes, where we flowed a small amount of the super-chilled LOX into the Merlin engine's turbo pumps. SpaceX does this to avoid a thermal shock to the system when that full flow of super-chilled liquid oxygen hits the prop system. Dragon also began its startup sequence at T-minus 35 minutes when it coordinated timing with Falcon 9. It's currently undergoing vehicle health checks with the next big step just before liftoff when Dragon transitions to internal battery power. Dragon is in terminal count and is on internal power. Vehicle tanks pressing for a strong battery check. Coming up next, we did hear that call out the large truss structure next to Falcon 9 called the transporter erector, or what you may hear called the strongback, will begin to retract away, for the, away from the rocket in preparation for liftoff. In order to do so, there are clamp arms just below the Dragon vehicle that will begin to open once those are fully open. And there you can see them on your screen just below Dragon. Once those are fully open, then the TE can begin to retract away from the vehicle. Now, in these last few minutes, Falcon 9 is perform performing final health checks on its primary communications, avionics, and propulsion systems in preparation for flight. And we may hear some call-outs that engines are sufficiently chilled as we get a little closer to liftoff. There you can see... At you can see at the bottom of the Dragon vehicle, the clamp arms are beginning to open up. Again, once those are fully open, the TE can begin to retract away from the vehicle. Now, as Jesse said, the next visual cue we're going to see is that strong back beginning to recline. Um, it will recline only a few degrees at first and then fully recline back to uh, allow clearance at launch. Now, the next call out we'll hear is uh, stage one locks load complete. That'll happen around T minus 30 seconds. T minus two minutes and 30 seconds. As we wait for that, this is the last Dragon launch of this year, bringing about 7,700 pounds of cargo, science, and supplies to the space station. Of the 7,700 pounds of cargo going up stage today. Stage one locks load closed out. There's that call-out we are expecting. Stage one, pogo. Our life support and medical equipment, also gym hardware and solar arrays. Dragon will be docked to the space station a little longer than usual, 45 days versus about 30, and that's to allow time to install those new solar arrays. Now coming up in about 10 seconds, checkouts of the second stage thrust vector control actuators uh, will be underway. This is often referred to as an engine wiggle test. It's when SpaceX moves the thrust novel nozzles slightly to make sure that the guidance hardware is go for flight. SpaceX does the exact same checkouts on the first stage engines, and that happens just seconds before ignition. Now coming up next at the T minus two minute mark, liquid oxygen loading should be completing on the second stage and that will wrap up propellant loading for Falcon 9. Dragon is also performing its final health checks to make sure that all of its primary systems are ready for its rendezvous to the space station. Now again, those white clouds that you see around the vehicle is the chilled gas above the liquid oxygen liquid surface. And there's that call out that stage two liquid oxygen Dragon loading is, is now idle. complete. 
And again, those white clouds that you see around the vehicle is the chilled gas above the liquid oxygen tank liquid surface that we vent overboard to maintain pressure in the tank as needed. When that gas comes into yeah, contact with the warmer air, it condenses into white clouds. In about 24 seconds, Dragon transitions to internal power. Falcon 9 computers will enter startup mode, which is when the Falcon 9 flight computers will take control of the countdown, guiding the rocket through the last seconds before liftoff. And at that moment, we will hear a call out saying Falcon 9 is in startup and Dragon is in countdown. So let's wait for that. Falcon 9 is in startup. Dragon is in countdown. All right, so both stages are now pressurizing for launch. We will next hear at T minus 45 seconds, the SpaceX launch director, Mike Taylor, verifying go for launch. Go for launch. All right, range remains go for launch. Weather is a go. Today will be the first flight of both the booster and Dragon spacecraft. T minus 30 seconds. At launch, the International Space Station will be 260 miles in altitude, flying south of Nuremberg, Germany. Stage one, pressing for flight. 15 seconds. All right, here we go. T minus 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1, engine full power. And liftoff of CRS-26, go Falcon, and happy Thanksgiving, ISS. That's right, liftoff of SpaceX's Falcon 9 rocket for the 26th cargo resupply mission, bringing new science experiments and solar arrays to the International Space Station. there of Falcon 9 carrying NASA's CRS-26 mission. We are coming up on a few events happening back to back. That's going to be MECO or main engine cutoff as the first event. That's where all nine of the M1D engines shut down on that first stage. All nine of those engines that you see lit up on your screen there. And that's in preparation for the next event, which is stage separation. That's where the first and second stage separate. The first stage will flip around and make its way back down to Earth and land on our drone ship named Just Read the Instructions, while the second stage ignites its Merlin MVAC engine to boost Dragon to low Earth orbit during SES-1, or second stage engine start one. And the last event is the boost back burn stage to reduce the velocity of... To reduce the velocity of the first stage in preparation for atmospheric re-entry. 
And that whole sequence takes about 30 seconds and we are coming up on those few events happening here in a few seconds. And Miko, stage separation confirmed. Stage one, boost back startup. Stage two, ignition. Some really cool views there. We had Miko, stage separation, the MVAC engine lighting up on your right-hand screen. We also saw the first stage kind of in the view of the second stage uh, view there, falling back to Earth, doing a flip, and now in its boost back burn. That burn lasts about 30 seconds long. So on the right-hand side, you've one, got the back, second stage moving forward, and then and on there's the that call out, side, and the boost the back burn has shut down on down, the first stage. Going back down to Earth that is the left-hand screen. That's a view of the first stage there. On your right-hand screen, a view from the second stage looking at our MVAC engine. And you can see on your screen, on your left-hand screen, the grid fins are deploying on that first stage. Very cool views. You're watching a live webcast uh, for the 26th commercial resupply mission to the International Space Station for NASA. This is SpaceX's 54th mission for 2022 and the fifth Dragon flight for, to the International Space Station just this year. Now we lifted off just about four minutes ago from Kennedy Space Center at Launch Complex 39A. And so far, both vehicles on nominal trajectories. Again, on your left-hand screen is a view from the first stage. On your right-hand screen, an awesome view of the second stage MVAC engine with the Earth in the background. For the first stage, in order to make its way back to our drone ship, again, just read the instructions. It has a couple more burns to execute. The first is the entry burn. That's where three of the Merlin engines reignite. This helps to slow the stage down as it re-enters the upper parts of the Earth's... Great call-outs there. This entry burn helps to slow the vehicle down as it re-enters the upper part of the Earth's atmosphere. Now, the second burn is the final burn for the first stage. It is called the landing burn, and this is a single-engine burn that brings the vehicle's speed down rapidly in order to touch down on the drone ship. Now you may see some bursts of gas on your left-hand screen. That is nitrogen gas burst for attitude control. And then again, you can see the grid fins. You can see two of the four grid fins on the first stage. These are hypersonic grid fins positioned near the top of the first stage. So once it's in the atmosphere, stage one only uses the grid fins to steer as it makes its way back down to Earth. Stage one. Now they orient the rocket. They orient the rocket during re-entry and guide the rocket Stage one, entry descent. burn, startup. Right, that call out, now you can see on your left-hand screen the entry burn has begun stage on the one, first stage. And there you can see those engines shut down. That concludes the entry burn for the first stage.
Again, next up will be the landing burn for that first stage vehicle in just about 30 seconds or so. Stage two is still looking good on your right-hand screen. Again, a view from the Falcon 9 second stage looking at the MVAC engine. About 20 seconds away from that landing burn stage beginning on the first stage. Again, this is a single engine, the center E9 engine burn to help slow the vehicle down just enough to touch down on the drone ship. Stage one landing just burn. read the instructions today. And you can see that the landing burn has begun on the first stage. Let's watch as Falcon 9 touches down on just read the instructions. Landing like deploy. Really awesome Stage views there. Falcon 9 has touched down, as you can see it standing tall on just read the, read the instructions there on your screen. Now, while this Falcon 9 just completed its first flight, it marks the 153rd successful Heck landing well, for an orbital class rocket. Now, next up, we do have Seco 1 on the second stage. That's where the Merlin vacuum engine will okay. shut down. And Seco 1, or second stage engine Stage cutoff 2, FPS one. is saved. We'll be coming up here in just under 20 seconds. Incredible view there with the Earth in the background. Seco. And there we heard the call out for Seco and watched as that NVAC engine Nominal shut down. Person. And great call out there. That means we have confirmation of a good orbit for the second stage, still carrying the Dragon vehicle. Now we are T plus nine minutes into the mission. Coming up on the last major task for stage two, commanding separation of Dragon a couple minutes from now. Now we expect to have live video of, Fal of Dragon separation from the top of the Falcon 9 second stage, which looks into the trunk of the Dragon vehicle. CRS-26 will be joining the Crew-5 vehicle currently on orbit, so we'll be back to having two Dragon spacecraft docked at the space station. As for cargo, today we will be delivering more than 7,700 pounds of science, research, crew supplies, and vehicle hardware to the Orbital Laboratory and its crew. And to date, SpaceX has sent and brought back over 250,000 pounds of crew and cargo to and from the International Space Station. The Dragon separation is just under a couple minutes away. And we should be able to get a live view of that. 
Some fun facts about Dragon. Dragon has 16 Draco engines, which have about 90 pounds of thrust each. But there are no Super Dracos on this vehicle, no seats, no life support systems, and that saves weight and space for faster refurbishment um, time because this is a Dragon cargo vehicle versus a crew vehicle. Dragon also has fixed solar arrays on the trunk. The dark side is covered in solar arrays, and the light side is a radiator to cool the spacecraft. The Dragon can autonomously dock using its navigation sensors and centerline camera. And we are just about a minute away from Dragon separation. Again, if you're just now joining us, you are watching a live webcast for the CRS-26 mission for NASA. This is the 26th commercial resupply mission to the International Space Station for NASA. This is SpaceX's 54th mission this year and fifth Dragon flight to station for 2022. And we lifted off just under 12 minutes ago from Kennedy Space Center at Launch Complex 39A. And we are just a few seconds away from Dragon separation from Falcon 9's second stage. You are looking at a live view into the trunk of the Dragon vehicle. Dragon separation confirmed. Dragon separation and confirmed. And as you can see, as you can see there on your screen and hearing those callouts as well, Dragon is drifting away from Falcon 9's second stage. Incredible view there. The next milestone coming up is the nose cone opening sequence. This protects the docking ring and navigation sensors. And that's going to do it for me here in Hawthorne. So I'm going to send it over to Sandra in Houston. How's it going over there, Sandra? Hey, thanks, Jesse. Beautiful launch, as always. Great to see that. And, of course, welcome back into the International Space Station Flight Control Room here in Texas. We are standing by for confirmation of that nose cone deploy. That's the next major milestone that we are tracking today. Now, the nose cone does cover the docking hardware, which will be critical tomorrow during docking operations, but also navigation and rendezvous sensors, as well as the four forward bulkhead Dracos. Once open, the nose cone will stay open until the end of the mission, but will be reopened just after the deorbit burn and prior to re-entry. As we look ahead to nose cone opening, it is a process that involves opening the hard capture hooks with six non-nose cone hooks opening and then six nose cone hooks opening. And I did hear that that process has now begun Again, we are in the process of the nose cone beginning to open. These are the same 12 hooks that will hold Dragon in place after it docks with the International Space Station tomorrow. And following the hook opening, the nose cone is deployed with motors. <laughs> 